This SoFi podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Back to you is up next, but first take a listen to this other fine Opie show. This week on And Friends, I bring a Reddit quiz to the rest of the Friends gang, and they do it. And so I bring death, despair, and people who apparently aren't actually dead to the news. And I'm playing with strangers, just like my mama told me not to. All that and more on And Friends. Listen to And Friends on Spotify, OpieShows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is back to you. I'm Howard Sudbury with Steve Baskerville. And Steve, this is the yes. buffet of podcasts. Do you know where I'm coming from? Well, uh, I think I do. You're coming right back from the buffet now with a plate. <laughs> now, well, no. I it's, haven't. It's all you can eat. And as you approach each pan in the buffet and fill your plate, you're not quite sure what it is, but you taste it and you say, huh, I still don't know, but it wasn't bad. Or either you say, this is the reason why I hate buffets. <laughs> or podcasts. No. Well, people don't know that right now uh, we're in the middle of the day, the natural born middle of this day. And we are. I, I I'm at a state with uh, of uh, food consumption that you. Pro- I bet you have consumed more already than I have. I got up this morning at uh, let's see what time did I get up? I got up this morning around six thirty a.m. And wow, uh, what for? It's re- because I just wake up like uh, the robins and the uh, cardinals outside my window. I don't know why. I'm on a really weird schedule. I can, I'm can. i at a point now where I can stay up as late as possible and still wake up now around 6, 6.30 or so in the morning. And my schedule was never like that. I have reversed everything in total. I used to stay in bed easily until 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. because of the work schedule. And now I'm completely out of that. Yeah, anyway, mine's flip-flop too. I I think a lot of people were that bold, but go ahead. I digress. I started at (laughs) 6.30 in the morning, and I bet you I have eaten less than you have already today. I think that you have. I'm not going to reveal what I've eaten yet because I'm going to lay that on our guest when we call him in a couple of minutes. We have a private chef on that we've had on the show before, Mike Kubiesa, and I I want to— Tell him what I've eaten to see if he uh, disapproves. <laughs> yeah. Well, he will probably disapprove, I'm sure, of what I've... Well, maybe not so much at what I ate, but how much I've eaten. Or I should say how little I've how eaten little. so far. Well, I go yeah. through... Yeah. We're, we're a little past midday as we do this, and uh, I yeah. go through a lot of the day and not eat anything. I mean, yeah. uh, a lot of times when I eat dinner, it's the the first meal I have, and, and I I think that dietitians, Michael, know more about this, but I think they say it's good to eat only once a day. I don't wait that long. Uh, rarely would I wait until dinner to have it the first thing I eat, and I'm not sure sure that that's a, a real healthy thing to do necessarily. I always heard that you should front load, and then as the day wears on, you wind down. That's what I had heard. Yeah, well, I've uh, 
over the years, Plan I've heard I've heard everything. They they come up with everything. You're supposed to eat frequently, small amounts. You're supposed to you're supposed to do fasting once in a while. Then they'll say that's not good for you. Then they'll say high carbs. Then they'll say this or that. I think it's interesting that you and I are having this discussion, and we're, <laughs> and we're going to have a chef on. <laughs> well, I'm good. Are you going to eat as you talk to this man? Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but you don't. I'm not either do? because I'm. I, what I'm going to drink uh, my and we should have this as a sponsor. Uh, I'm going to drink three of these Lacroix that I brought up here. Mm. I love. I LaCroix. have something different. I have something different that I'm drinking from that, but not different from my uh, routine when I do these podcasts. If you have been paying attention, you would know what I'm drinking. Yeah, you're drinking uh, like a Powerade type drink. No, it is not. The bottle may oh. look like this. This is, you know what? This is a wonderful uh, ten minutes or so of podcasting we've already done. Have we done ten minutes? I don't know. It feels like it. Have or maybe I'm just too hungry. <laughs> is it time to take uh, a break? No, it's time to. We're doing another. This is not Let a me, first for us. But the, what what is a first is what we're attempting to do. Mike is not even on the line. Is I'm gonna he? call this man right now. Hang on, I gotta hook up a Ma cord. Hang on. We're not even sure if Mike's talking. gonna answer the phone. You keep talking. I gotta. Ladies and gentlemen, I forgot to hook up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an experiment in podcasting. Usually, okay. if there's a guest on any podcast you've heard, the guest is already there. We are doing something that's daring. We're up on the tightrope. We are going to attempt to call this man and see if Mike the chef actually answers his phone. He's aware go. that we want to talk to him. Will he answer? Hello? Mike. Hey, how's it going? Mike. Uh, Howard and hey. Steve. We're, we're hey, already it going. It's going great. We're already rolling. Oh, good. Perfect. Well, hey, again, thanks for uh, having me on. Uh, I missed you guys. Well, we missed, the snacks this time. we missed you too, and we enjoyed having you on the first time. And uh, we've we've already been talking about food for ten minutes, like we know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and Steve, <laughs> Steve said he's eaten very little. He was sure that I had eaten more than yeah. than he has today. And um, I'm going to lay on you what I ate about an hour ago. I don't do it very often, and I'm going to see how huh? disappointed you are. But wait, 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 you before you do food. that, before you do that. Now, Mike, I think you're going to be more approving of what I ate. Was it chicharrones? Because I, I know you love them. <laughs> I love those. They're I great. wish I had a the bag of those still. Man, he made some great chicharrones. Oh, uh, thanks. But anyway, I th I think my my choice is going to be better than what Ch Howard's choice is. But I, all right, well, I, I let's hear him, and I'll disagree. be the judge. Okay, I, you're going to disagree with the amount we've we've had but go ahead howard okay on us. first we, of all yeah. let me um make this a little more formal you and i mentioned uh mike's name earlier but mike kubiesa is a private chef and he's been on our podcast before and he started cooking i think hanging around in the kitchen with mom and grandma and then yep. went to culinary school and he uh, also has a degree in uh, broadcasting radio and tv so that's yep. a little bit about mike uh mike i had a mcdonald's Double cheeseburger and a large fry. Oh, did you take the bottom or top bun off, or did you eat it whole? No, I ate the whole enchilada. Oh, you know because, what? It's okay. You know what? I don't do it very often, but yeah. gosh, I had Ooh. to. I, 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 I here's an excuse. 
Um, we were out somewhere. <laughs> yeah, make with it a, our, make it a good one. Make, okay, it, make it a good one. I hope you're playing playing golf or something. No, we were with our two year old granddaughter. We were coming back okay. from a place that we took her, and and I was hungry, and uh, so we went through the drive through. Yeah, it's okay every once in a while. You know, I, I heard a story about Donald Trump. And every time he eats McDonald's, he takes the top bun off and he thinks it's healthy. Yeah, right. So that's all. Yes. But the problem is he has three layers on the bottom, though. Yeah, exactly. He, three and buns on the bottom. Yeah. 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 Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta cheat once in a while, Mike. What do you, yeah. what do you cheat with? What, what's your cheat? Do you go to Portillo's? Do you? What do you do? All right, so I know in the past, you know, when you guys had me on before, thanks again, uh, we talked about intermittent fasting, and that's what I was doing at the time. But let's just throw that all out the window right now because the pandemic hit. So now I call my pandemic diet. It's literally I just eat every hour of the day because I have nothing else to do right now. But <laughs> yeah, I will true. say a cheat meal that I do like, um, and, you know, we, we have one in Elmhurst now, and it's Culver's, but I used to always get it in Wisconsin. When I was up in Lake Geneva, we'd always get a Butterburger. Um so that was kind of cheap for me, like a butter burger and some and then some uh, fried cheese curds. Oh, that's great eating. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, now, but you can't uh, go wrong with the pizza either, like a nice, you know, Chicago style pizza or even a thin crust. You can't go wrong. Boy, you two both make me seem like I'm the healthiest one here. Well, let me tell you what I had today. Yeah. Well, what'd you what'd you eat, Steve? Not that it's healthy the way I did it. I had two pieces of wheat toast. Uh, with a little smear of margarine and some coffee. That's all I've had today. Okay, it sounds like you're on the model diet. <laughs> yeah, <actually. Yeah>. that's <laughs> until you look at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, hey, Mike, you're... I don't know what he's modeling. <laughs> no, but I and I my intention was, uh, and I think it was just out of laziness that I've. That's how little I've eaten. Um, but I, but I'm planning on loading up when this podcast is over. I feel good. Sometimes I feel energized early in the day yeah. when I don't eat a lot. Yeah, and, no, and I know good. I'll make I, up I, I for it. I still do that. Exactly. I, I still do semi intermittent fasting where like I don't. I'm st- I still don't eat till two or three o'clock. But I've just been going yeah. hard because I've been home every day. Um, but you know, it's it is what it is. I, I know here pretty soon I'm gonna be losing all the weight i've gained during the pandemic so <laughs> that's what I'm we try- all say. i'm trying to yeah now mike yeah. i haven't even told how i haven't even told howard this but for off uh, off and on for the last week or so i've had this or uh, i think it's called circadian method i'm on where i don't eat after sunset and i try to wait uh-huh. 13 hours and then yeah I eat i've again. heard of that diet yeah so uh, it's working fairly well I, my downfall is always eating after the sun goes down and I'm trying the to late night snacking. In, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get in the habit of not doing that. And yeah. so far I've been more successful than I thought. Well, you I found Howard? the problem. Or, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just wondered if Howard was impressed. I think I stunned him with that. Oh, you stunned him. He is, he, he is lost for words right now. I'm not easily impressed. Yeah. Well, I think the problem I run into right now is so I'm a new time father. I think last time we talked, my wife is maybe four or five months pregnant at that time. Yeah. Um, so congratulations, baby Theodore. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, baby Theodore yes. was born on August 3rd. Um, and, you know, whenever he wakes up and she feeds him, something in my head tells me it's time for me to eat, too. So I've been waking <laughs> sure. up at 2 a.m. because the baby's crying to eat and I go downstairs and make a snack. So that's what I've fallen into, and I've never been like that before. 
Well, all but, you need is an excuse, but everything's upside down right now with the with the pandemic. Mike, oh my God! Uh, yeah. Hey, tell us a little bit. You're a private chef. I mean, uh-huh. so so what all do you do uh, in that role in your business? Uh, do you do dinner parties? Do you plan meal planning and cooking for people like for the week that are yeah. busy working? Sure. Well, tell me a little bit about it. Sure. So I kind of do you know a little bit of everything. Uh, is you know in the private chef world, I wear like ten different hats. So you know I do full time private chefing. Um, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, in home. If someone requests that, I do meal prep. Um, I do um, dinner parties. I do catering. Um, I do culinary instructions and lessons. Um, I do con- uh, consult work for restaurants and small businesses. Um, but recently, that's kind of all slowed down. And you know, but the one part of my business is booming. That's the dinner parties because I feel like a lot of people are still very scared to go out. Rightfully so. Me and my wife aren't going to go out to dinner anytime soon. But the dinner parties, I've been getting inquiries left and right. So people feel more comfortable having me come over to their home and doing like a restaurant quality dinner. So that's been really nice. I've been doing those every weekend for the last five months. Oh, you have. They take your temperature at the door like every other place when you walk in? <laughs> um, I've only ran into that a couple of times. Hey, but, you really you have? Know, uh-huh, I have a, a couple of families be like, oh, do you mind taking the temperature? Or, But I, my protocol is I beat them to the punch. I'm always like, hey. You know, I'll have a mask on. I'll be in the kitchen. I switch out gloves every course. Um, I kind of go over my protocol and send them like a protocol list. Um, basically saying also, you know, if you guys happen to get sick, it's not my fault because you are asking me to come into your home. And it goes both ways. You know, I'm, I know what I'm getting myself into as well. So I kind of like nip that at the door, you know, so they're not scared. Mm-hmm. I kind of just throw it right out there. And, hey, we're in a pandemic, you know, um, I'll be socially distancing. I ask if people would refrain from coming in the kitchen. And that's to make my wife happy as well. You know, we don't want to get sick or get mm-hmm. the baby sick. So now, so, now how does that work? Are you, are, are you bringing are you bringing the food with you, or or do they have the food and the prepping ready for you? Still have to go and prep and yeah. and go through all so, of your chef maneuvers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. So let's say I'm doing a dinner party on a Saturday night. Um, what I would do is all my shopping Friday morning. I would do maybe like fifty to sixty percent of the prep work um, at home. Um, you know, and then I'll roll up to the house that the day of maybe four hours before and do all my finishing touches. I'll cook all the proteins on site. Um, I'll, you know, everything I pretty much pre-make is all like the sauces and the dressings and, you know, washing all my vegetables and lettuce and I, and I do all the actual cooking on site. Um, so it's a, it's a two or three day thing, but for me, I enjoy doing them because if I do one on a Saturday, it's basically a week's worth for me in two days. So I prefer doing mm. all that work in two days. Cause it's, it's basically a week's worth of pay for me within those two days. So I, I love doing dinner parties. So uh, but when you do prep work for, I guess it begun, it depends on how elaborate the menu is that uh-huh. day, but say somebody's at home and they're going to make a nice meal and they kind of know what they're doing. How long does the prep work take? Um, so let's say like, are you talking about maybe a fine dining? Let's say I did a six. So my, I do six courses all the way to 12 courses, like hmm. a prep day. Let's say, 12, you know, an average person, 12 courses. Oh yeah. 12 course tasting. Those are really, those are like really extensive, but they're all small plates. Okay. So, you know, you have a couple bites per plate and it's kind of each dish plays off the next dish. It's kind of how chefs kind of do their thing. You know, if seafood, have a meat, have a salad, have a, a cold, cold preparation, have some kind of soup. Um, you know, but if an average person, let's say, let's say you wanted to do a three course meal for your wife and you wanted to do, you know, let's say salmon, some kind of salad and maybe an appetizer. 
I think start from finish. If you kind of know, if you know how to grill the salmon, if you know how to, you know, toss the salad, I think start from finish. It'll probably take you maybe four or five hours to pull off a three courser. But for me, it probably, I could probably pull that off in like an hour and a half, a three courser. Now, so, do you want to know everything? Do you want to know everything precisely that the group wants? Or uh-huh. do you like it? open enough that you can surprise them with something or, or, or is it easier if you know everything in So detail? everybody's different, you know, and every, every client I've worked with for dinner parties is different. Some will be like, Hey, can you just send us over some menus and we'll pick a couple. And those are easy mm-hmm. for me because I already have the menus ready to go and I've done them before. So it's like, you know, riding the bike where I've, I've made this scallop dish six times already. So it's really easy. But then what I really like is when, you know, when I go back and forth with the, with the clients for a few days and we come up with a totally custom menu and then I know exactly what they like, what they don't want. Um, those are my favorite custom menus. So I get a lot of those, but I get a lot of people just being like, hey, send me send us over four or five things and we'll choose from one. Because a lot of people end of the day, it's still price point for them. They want to do, you know, if they're willing to spend the money, then I'll send them the one with the caviar. But if they're willing, if they want a little bit more of a reserve dinner, more of a catering, then I'll send them the family style menus. Um, so I kind of have it all worked out, but I like the custom ones. They're my favorite. Do you have a favorite type of food to prepare? I mean, are you uh, an Italian guy or do you like to yeah, to make barbecue I, I, or, or steaks or seafood or anything particular? Definitely all of the above, but you hit the nail on the head. I am Italian, but I, I do like Southern Mediterranean food. So like the, the coast of South France, uh, even Croatian food, um, Spanish food, Greek food. I kind of hit the nail around the Mediterranean Sea. And I like a lot of seafood, you know, fresh you know, olive oil, fresh herbs, so, you know, acid, like citruses, that's kind of my wheelhouse, a lot of fresh ingredients. So Southern Mediterranean, I would say. Steve, are you hungry yet? Yeah, I am. I wanted to know yeah. if, if Mike, is this a pandemic thing or has nothing to do with the pandemic? You're over at my house. We've decided what you would prepare for my group. And we've got this wonderful menu. Uh-huh. Uh, would you still, would you still want me out of the kitchen? You personally know I moseyed in there. <laughs> no, you personally. I just didn't know. I didn't know whether it was a chef thing where the chef does not want you moseying around in the kitchen. Okay, I'll put it this way: if we're in a restaurant setting, the chef would be like, "Yeah, what are you doing? Get out of the kitchen," you know. But in a home setting, yes. you know, I get a lot yeah. of so my business does well because I get a lot of people who want, like, who like culinary art or want to learn how to cook. So you know, I'll, yes. I'll get the. I'll get the, you know, 50, 60 year old lady coming in and be like, Oh, how did you do? Uh, I make my steaks this way. How do you do yours? And in my head, I'm like, okay, like it's basic knowledge for me, but I explain, you know, them how to do it. And sometimes they try telling me what to do and it gets a little frustrating, but I can't tell someone in their own home, you know, get out of the kitchen. I, I probably wouldn't be welcome back. <laughs> they but, actually try to tell a chef how to cook. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I did one a couple of weeks ago and, um, I was making homemade pasta. I did a stuffed anelotti, which is like a, a mini ravioli. And I did um, pecorino in there, fresh peas from my garden, pancetta. And I was stuffing them on site because that's something – it's the wow factor too. When people look over in the kitchen, they see me making homemade pasta. Yeah. It's kind of like how I get my brownie points. But this lady you know, came over and was like, oh, I'm Italian, and this, not how my, this is not how my grandmother used to do it. Mm. And I was, like, I was like, yeah, your grandmother probably made amazing pasta, and I – Definitely would like to learn from her, but this is how I learned how to do it. You know, like I'm going to bite my tongue. 
and be like, this is how I did it um, in a three-star Michelin restaurant. I worked in Italy, but you kind of <laughs> just have to bite your tongue, you know? <laughs> well, or you get the guys who be like, oh, I know how to grill a steak. Oh, you should try doing it on this, you know, or try you should try reverse searing it, like cooking in the oven first and then searing it. And I'm just like, that's gimmicky. You know, as a chef, I'm just going to throw it on the grill and cook it all the way through on the grill. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, well, you know, that's the difference. Somebody, I mean, they might make a steak for you and it tastes great, but there, yeah. there is... There's a right way to do it, and there's a and a wrong way to do it, right? Yeah, absolutely, and I'm all about efficiency. That's that's kind of how I feel like I do things better than the average home cook or the average chef because it's all about efficiency and not overwhelming yourself or getting stressed out. I'm really good at that. You see a lot of chefs get super stressed out in the kitchen. They're running around. They don't know what's going on. I've been able to succeed because I stay very calm, and I've always been like that. And so in, in these conditions, when you are preparing food uh, like you are, do you not want any kind of sous chef or uh, um, working you know, along so with you? I, so it's funny you brought that up. I've run, into the, I've run into the part of my career where I'm getting so busy where I'm trying to hire somebody to be a sous chef so I could take on more. Because mm-hmm. right now my max dinner party is maybe 14 people by myself if i do over 14 i call my sister and she does the dishes for me and she serves Mm -hmm. but i'm getting to that point Mm -hmm. where if i can have consistent work like this i don't want to hire somebody and then be like hey sorry man there's three weeks without work so i'm at the point where i need to figure out how to reel that all in and to get consistent work and have it lined up where i could hire somebody but i definitely would like to hire a sous chef at some point and train them how to do it my way that way i'm not doing everything because i get i get not stressed but i get really busy during some parts Sure. Well, sure. You learned, uh, as I said when I introduced you, you learned from your grandma and your mom, uh-huh. which is the way I would say that most chefs, you know, that people that go on to become and do it for a profession, learn it, you know, from their grandma or something like that as a uh-huh. kid. What, what do you learn in culinary? Is it culinary or culinary? Culinary. Culinary. Culinary, culinary arts. Arts. Because mm-hmm. I said culinary earlier. I've never yeah, known okay. how to pronounce it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this is probably a long answer. It's probably complicated for you. But, I mean, what do you learn that takes it all to the next level from somebody that might be a terrific, terrific home cook? Uh-huh. So I think when you get to the professional level as a chef, it's all about how you prepare yourself and also being, like I said, efficiency and cleanliness. You see a lot of great home cooks, but you walk into the kitchen and they have, you know, they have part of my language. They have crap everywhere. And you're like, how are you working on this station right now? You know, it's all organization as chefs. We call it mise en place. So mise en place is having all your stuff ready in a certain place before you start cooking. So I would never roll up to a house and then just start cooking. I would have like all my stuff prepared for me so I can go right into it like seamlessly and very fluid. Um, So I think the professional from home cook is all about efficiency and organization organization i'll tell you right now you won't succeed as any kind of chef you could be a denny chef but as a professional chef you have to have organization and you're not going to succeed and that's i've always lived by those two efficiency and organization and i don't go in any establishment where the guy who takes my order as he's sweeping the floor puts (laughs) puts the broom down and goes yeah. and prepares a sandwich. I, that's yeah. one of my my big rules, and and it's happened before. I where yeah, sure I has. have gone, I have gone into a uh, 
sort of a fast food establishment near closing time. And uh-huh. the guy was sweeping up. And the same guy that sweeps goes and he gets some gloves and he puts his gloves on as if what that's going to make you? a... I, and what can I get you? What do you make you, a patty melt? <laughs> no, he made me a sub by... And he took, with those gloves on, he oh took all the meat one by one and putting it on there and touching the handle of the refrigerator and then closing oh. it. Oh. And, 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 he, and he made a great-looking sandwich, and I've got some chips and a drink. And do you know, halfway down the block, I, I couldn't eat it. I could not eat it. <laughs> did you, I had did you to throw it out? I, <laughs> I, 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 I pitched it. I pitched it. right in, And I didn't... I threw no. I threw. <laughs> I was walking. I was walking down the street. Now I don't feel bad about this, and I know there are, there's a lot of hunger, but but yeah. but the the uncleanliness I felt. I didn't want to put that on somebody else. If I felt that way about it, exactly. I, I wasn't going to make somebody else eat something that I thought was. Uh, uh, really exactly, they thought was taint, tainted a little bit. Exactly, and that's yes, the thing. Yes. You know? Yeah, you have to be safe because, you know, it's very rare, but if you get a form of foodborne illness, you're out for a few days. It's terrible. I would never wish that upon anybody, and it's a real thing. So as a chef, you're really good at that. Now, is it, it, now this is a friend of mine who, who likes to cook, uh, an amateur uh-huh. cook, doesn't, doesn't cook a lot of things, but uh, he can make uh, great wings and he can make uh-huh. salads that are beautiful. But nice. here's the important reason why I don't eat his salads. <laughs> and I don't want to tell Mike. And, 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 he and, with his hands? He, I, I, yes. I've seen him. <laughs> I've even seen him wash his hands before he starts. And he, but uh-huh. he washes his hands thoroughly. And I'm looking at him wash it. <laughs> but there's something about it when his hands dig in that, that lettuce and is yeah. scooping that stuff around. I tell him <laughs> right away, no salad for me. I, yeah, now you knew, you knew put some gloves on. Yeah. <laughs> now now but there's that's an old school thing to do, right? I mean people have used their hands as if that gives it an extra something, right? I mean you've you've witnessed people using their hands before, right? Oh, absolutely. And and I will say this, I use my hands for things too, but I also put clean gloves on. So I wash my hands yes. first put clean gloves on and then take the gloves off and wash my hands again. That's a, that's a pet peeve of mine. When you see someone not wash their hands first, put the gloves on yes. and then take the gloves off. Now wash them again. And you run into that a lot. And that for me, yeah, that's yeah, the worst yeah. thing you can do because the bacteria can grow on your sweaty hands. Yeah. So you always yeah. pre and post wash. Steve, what um, if he had uh, tossed the salad with his feet? well uh, well i would i think it would have given it a certain uh robust uh you would have thought there's some gorgonzola cheese in that salad yeah i'd say there's an interesting (laughs) what is that fragrance coming from there's a smell from the salad you're like i didn't see blue uh, cheese in here what is this (laughs) (laughs) but mike mike this leads us mike this also leads us to uh, oh, now, unless it's a restaurant, I like to, to, to witness a chef working, but yeah. I don't want to be at a restaurant where I'm close to the kitchen, where I see things that maybe I'm not intended to see. And um, Like somebody drop a piece I'll, of toast on the floor and then put it back in the toaster? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but as a, as a chef, that's probably 
what what you have to drill in anybody who, who's assisting you, right? Are you letting Absolutely. them know constantly that that they've got to be on top of uh, uh, even if Absolutely. somebody sees them or not? And it's when you say that, like you know, when you get to the level I am used to cooking for, you know, um, wealthy people, famous people, you get to that point where if I bring somebody in, I, and this has happened in the past where I've brought like a young, like not a kid, maybe someone who's like 21 who's fresh out of car school yeah. who have contacted yeah. me. Hey, I'm looking to stage. And in the restaurant world, we call a stage as a tryout. So if you say, Hey, I want to stage, you know, that's can I come try out with you and see how you do things. And you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, like this guy just graduated from school. He should know what he's doing. Right. That's what you think. Yeah. But then he comes and you give him a task. Hey, can you go do this? And then you look at him and then this is when you come into play and you're like, I don't want to be that a-hole, but I have to say something because it's your name sure. on the line. So you definitely run into that too. And, and in restaurants, the chefs get really frustrated. That's when you hear the horror stories of chefs screaming at their staff and like being, being huge a-holes is because they're not, the, their employees aren't doing what, what they want, how they want it. And that's the big issue. But for me, I've been in kitchens where the chef expects you to do it, but they don't show you, they don't show you how to do it. And that's when it's like a terrible mm. situation. I like being hands-on. Mm. I'll, I'll teach you nine times how to do it the right way. So there's no gray area. Um, so that is, it's the learning curve. But once you get something good and they learn quick, you know, you're, you're pretty, you're pretty well set. Well, I mean, you learn, you learn so much and you learn your basics in, in culinary school. But when you come out, I mean, there's a lot of on the job training, right? You've got to exactly. learn as you go and you have to learn from others. Uh huh. And as a private chef, there's more because like I said, I'm out in the open, I'm in the kitchen. I'm, you know, I'm talking with the, the clients, the guests, I'm, I'm socializing, I'm making cocktails, I'm doing everything in the restaurant. You, you know, you can roll up to work in a t-shirt and no one's going to see you. But when I'm as a private chef, you're walking into these awesome homes and, and people don't want to see a slob coming in either, or they don't want to see, yeah. you know, your helper mm-hmm. come in and just not know what's going on or, you know, so you really have to, private chef is not, people might think it's easier, but it's really not. You have to, it, it takes a certain type of person to be a private chef. When you're a, a, a private chef at one of these occasions, a beautiful setting and, and folks are waiting for your meal. Do you want to hear from them during the, the during every course, or do you want to wait till the very end to ask them how they liked it? Um, for me, it's either or. So, so one of my things is, you know, if I serve a dish, I go out, uh, call, go out to the floor, whatever. I go out and I explain the dish and, uh, you know, tell them everything. And I don't want to tell them how to eat it, but I suggest how to eat it. I'll be like, Hey, take a, take a piece of this, you know, like move it through the sauce and grab that. And then, then I'll, without even asking, I always hear people be like, Oh, this is amazing. Or, you know, I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. So it kind of happens without having to, to really ask Oh, how was your dish? People will tell you if it's good, they'll tell you if it's bad, they won't say anything. And, you know, I'm knocking on wood. I'm standing outside right now by my garden, knocking on a piece of wood. I've run into only good situations where people have been like, Oh, this is amazing. I didn't think about, you know, doing spring lemon juice over the top of the scallop before I eat at table side. Cause I do like cool stuff like that. Um, so they kind of just do it. Yeah. You said you're outside by your garden. I was going to ask you about that. Where do you, Obviously, you get your herbs and everything you grow yourself, but where do you shop? Um, so, you know, I do – right now I've been spoiled because the last few months, like, it's, I saved a lot of money by growing my own herbs and chili peppers and all that. Yeah. But, you know, let's say winter time comes, and it just depends the size of the party. If I'm doing a party of six, you know, I'll go to Whole Foods, even though it's a little pricey, but at that point, but if I'm doing a party of, like, you know, 15 to 16 or a big catering event – um, I'll go to uh, Chef's Warehouse. Um, 
or I got a couple of buddies who run small, like, uh, butcher shops. I'll call them up. There's one in Villa park right next to where I live called Mike's meat market. I'll order like premium meats through them. Um, and then, uh, there's a place called restaurant Depot where I can go and get like oils and, you know, edible flowers and all that kind of stuff. So, so but there's no reason why somebody couldn't, even if they don't have room outdoors for a garden where you can have uh, potted herbs like in your in your kitchen, as long as they get sunlight and you can yeah. you can have that fresh stuff that's going to make all your food better, right? Absolutely, and I suggest you know if someone wants to you know heighten their culinary game, I would suggest grow grow some basil, grow some rosemary. Um, just fresh herbs alone really take your dish to the next level. It's, it's is that what's out there in your fresh. garden? Is that in your garden right now? Is that what's in your garden? Yeah, so I live, I'm in my garden right now, and I live uh, behind a train track, so I got a train coming by right now. So <laughs> life of a pandemic, right? I'm in my office, which is outside. I don't, I don't have a home office. Uh, th- that's all right. I would. Ju- is the train actually going by now? Yeah, it's about to pass. These are these are short trains, so it's it's nice. Yeah. They don't keep us up at night. I didn't even hear it. What do you? What all you grow in your garden? So I'm a, we, we talked about this in the past. I, you guys like spicy. Um, so I do a lot of chili peppers. I, I have like 17 different kinds of peppers. Um, I do tomatoes. I do spinach, kale, Swiss chard. Um, I do maybe 16 different kinds of herbs um, from thyme, rosemary, a few different kinds of basils, um, tarragon. Mm. Well, I have squash. I have zucchini. Um, I have carrots, beets. I kind of do a little bit of everything. You've named I think- everything I like on my sub. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Q- oh, cucumbers, yeah, for sure. Uh, I like the sound of those chilies. Um, it's football season, and uh, people like to barbecue and make different things. So we're going to talk to you about that, but uh, we've come to that point in the program where it's time to take a break. Right, Steve? Perfect. Oh, I, th- I thought you meant go get something to eat. Well, you might have time. We'll be right back. <laughs> On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, we interview a Renaissance woman. She's a film and stage actress, a movie producer, a voiceover artist, a movie studio managing partner, and an all-around wonderful guest. She is Summer Crockett Moore. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, how's about my car and this horse for that Nash over on yonder? Plus, Bentley puts its classic V8 out to pasture. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. We are back and back to you. This is Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. We're talking with Mike Kubiesa, who is a private chef. And before the break, I mentioned that it's football season now, and people think about uh, grilling out, and they think about, uh, you know, brats. They think about maybe making barbecue. Um, Any guidance in all these areas, Mike? Well, so, you know, all the viewers and listeners know that we are currently living in a pandemic. And uh, so we hope that there's still at least an NFL season. Um, You know, I'm hoping, cross my fingers over here. So it kind of brings me to my next point. Um, For all you listeners out there who like to indulge in football all day on Sundays, um, I was going to suggest a couple of crockpot recipes that 
you guys can get started in the morning and, you know, lay on the couch all day and eat and have dinner prepared at night. So kind of brings into a great uh, next topic. Terrific. Go for it. The floor is yours. So, you know, everybody knows I run into this situation sometimes when it's Sunday and you want to watch all the games and whether it's your girlfriend or your wife or whoever is, is wondering, how come you're on the couch all day or what are we going to do for dinner tonight? But, you know, I got you guys covered because you can make her happy and still watch football all day if you buy a Crock-Pot. I know it sounds funny, but Crock-Pot is probably the best invention for someone who doesn't know how to cook but wants to be able to cook. So I would suggest you – are you guys familiar with Crock-Pots? Have you ever sure. used one before? Sure. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. I, yes. But I don't have yeah. one. Uh, do you have a Crock-Pot, Howard? You have yeah, one over there I now? I do. Uh, my wife uses it sometimes. Oh. Yeah. I'm not so, sure you know, we have I'm, one. Yeah, you know, sure you have but, one. You know, it's it's one of the oldest yeah. culinary instruments. You know, it's probably I don't know I, how old they are. I don't know, but yeah, that's where you yeah, can put, that, put something in there in the morning and let it slow cook all yeah. day, and it's ready to roll. Yeah, and yeah. then you make everybody happy because you have a fresh dinner. So I was going to suggest, um, you know, everybody does crockpot chili. You know, it's good. Don't get me wrong; it's easy. But as a chef, I'm always looking to do what else can I do that's better. So what I one of my go to recently is making. Um, Italian beef at home. I'll buy a chuck roast. I'll throw in the crock pot with some beef au jus, which is like a beef stock. Um, you know, a bunch of fresh herbs in the garden, some garlic, put it on high, cook it for five hours, you know, come back to it later. You have Italian beef. You shred, you could shred it. You could slice it. Um, that's one of the things I've been doing in the crock pot and same with, uh, pot roast nachos. You know, that's, that's a cloud crowd freezer because, you feel a little bit better about yourself, not eating just mush out of a bowl, but you can take <laughs> the crock pot food and make something else with it. So I'll walk you through the stuff. So I usually do, you know, buy all my ingredients. I'll have pre-made tortilla chips, shredded cheese, um, sour cream, chopped scallions, cilantro, whatever you like, have it all on the side, you know, take a, take a chuck roast, throw it in the, uh, in the crock pot with a jar of salsa, um, a little bit of water, Maybe some seasonings like cumin, uh, paprika. You know, put it low and slow, maybe five, six hours. And then when you want to eat before the night game, shred it, load up your nachos, melt some cheese on top, and that's a crowd pleaser. Really yeah, easy, too. Sounds great. So you cook it in nice. salsa? Yeah. So I'll take a jar. Like As a chef, I like to do everything from scratch, but I got to remember sometimes I'm talking to the average person who doesn't know how to do all this yeah. stuff. So I'll suggest you know buy, buy a jar of your favorite salsa. To cover the meat with that, and then let low and slow cook, and and then it'll come out tasting like your favorite, you know, barbacoa or some kind of Mexican meat um, for tacos, even. Uh-huh. And you don't have to watch it all day. No, you just put I the mean, lid on. And the glory about the crockpot is, you could take a nap for four hours on the couch, and you're not going to overcook it. Uh, hey, let's get back to that Italian beef thing again, because yeah. I, I, well, who doesn't love Italian beef? If you live in Chicago, um, for sure. What kind of what kind of beef do you use? So, all right. So this isn't like a traditional Italian beef where you're going to slice it and load it up like a Portillo's beef. Yeah. But so this is more of an easy, like foolproof one where it's more of a shredded Italian beef sandwich. So, you know, I, I go for the most flavor for this one. You want like a, like a, a cheaper quality, but more flavor. And I, I suggest a chuck roast. Chuck roast is going to be lower end. Um, it's not going to be too expensive, but that's where all the flavor is. And the reason for that is because it's tougher. And a lot of people steer away from it because it's a tough piece of meat. Um, but I always go chuck roast. Even when I'm grinding it to make my own burger patties, I use chuck roast. And you're going to get the most flavor, and you're not going to break the bank. Um, so that's my go-to for crockpot beef is chuck roast. 
Now, are, are you talking is, about meals for two, or are you, or is this going to feed more than two folks? Oh, this could feed you know four or five people, or you have meals for the for the yeah. next two days. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, it's just you know I'll do like the the pepper sausage. You know, I'll do sausage and peppers in the crock pot. I've even done a crock pot lasagna. You know, it's not all chili. That's how I put it. Uh, ask him a question here, Steve. I'm on my computer. You looking up some recipes yeah, for tonight? Well, I'm running the I'm I don't running know. the whole He's... nerve center here, Mike. So Steve can and, sound and the, good. And the... <laughs> And the, and the nerve center just got nervous, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> that's, got, that's what happened. Well, he has to cook dinner uh, and he got nervous because uh, I wouldn't be nervous. Yeah, now, 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 here we are on a Tuesday as we do this. Uh-huh. Are you, um, are, are most of the events that you talk about that, that as a private chef, are they for the weekend? You're, you're, yeah. you're not doing this during the week, right? No, so you know, I could do a Friday one sometimes here and there, like someone will want a Friday night, um, and then you know I start on Thursday, Wednesday night or Thursday, but mainly they're Saturday and Sunday nights. Um, so it's been kind of nice. And, and so you would be pre- would you be prepping this early for a Friday? I mean, it, it, prepping in the sense of wanting to know the menu this early, or is this plenty of time? Yeah. So let's say I all right. Let's say um, the client contacted me a week ago. And they wanted it this Friday. So all next week I'd be working on, or all last week I, I would have been working on the menu. And then, you know, that gets okayed by them. And let's say the dinner's on Friday. You know, I would start my prep list today, uh, which which is my mm-hmm. grocery list of like what I'm going to do, you know, how I'm going to make this, blah, blah, blah. And then Wednesday I'd go shopping, get everything, have it in my fridge so it's all ready to go. That way Thursday morning I could start at like 7 a.m. I like to start early. That way, I'm not frantically running around. If I forget something, I could still get to the store at a reasonable time. Um, so Thursday and then and then Friday morning of, you know, I'll take inventory. I'll go through all my stuff. I'll load up my car with pots and pans, um, you know, aprons, all my sanitation stuff, all my knives. I might sharpen knives that day. And then I, I like to roll up to the house three and a half hours early because I always I say three and a half because that first half hour, it's me, you know, yeah. finding out where everything at is in the kitchen. Then the host always like to talk for a half hour. And I've, I've come <laughs> to that number where it's always a half hour yeah. of like, they just want to talk my ear off. So I have to allow that extra right. half hour. What is it they want to know when they're talking to your ear off like that? Well, you know, when people see my website, um, chef-mike.com, they kind of read a little bit about me and then, you know, they see that I have a couple cookbooks out with Kristen Cavallari. Yes. And, you know, they'll start asking me about that. Or if the guy is a sports fan or if they're sports people, they'll see, oh, you work for sure. athletes. Do you mind? Yes. Do you mind telling us who if you can? And I, I'll tell you who I work for, you know, when I talk to you in person. Um, so it's a lot about that. Or, or is this guy a nice guy or, you know, things like that. Just typical yeah. gossip questions. And they see that you worked for the Bears. Everybody finds that exactly that, that fascinating. Um, uh-huh. When when you were working for the Bears, did you design the 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 entire menu for for on a daily basis in their cafeteria, or did you do uh, did you have to you know put particular players on a particular diet? How did that work? So for the coaches, um, when I was a coach's chef, I would come up with whatever I wanted for those, for the coaches. Cause you know, they're there all day, all night. So yeah. they eat like a second dinner. 
And for them, I would just whip up stuff and they'd be like, Hey, like chef Mike, we trust you because we're hungry. You know, they come down for 20 minutes to eat, they leave Um, for the players. You know, they, unless it was somebody who was drastically trying to cut weight or gain weight, they pretty much were able to eat whatever they wanted. But if they had, let's say, you know, let's say Kyle Long had to gain 10 pounds. Um, the nutritionist would come in and we dial up a, a menu for him for the next month until he hit that weight. So, you know, it would be whether he gets portion control. So we have to serve him because a lot of the guys there, they're able to serve themselves, but it's easier said than done. Cause you know, when you see a buffet line, everything looks good. You, you want to try a little bit of everything. Uh, so like those guys, they just get their meals sent to them without even having to come in to see you because it's hard to tell a 300 pound guy not to eat that, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah, you've got guys, you know, on an NFL roster weighing anywhere from a couple hundred pounds to 350. So their, exactly. their calorie intake is going to, you know, be wide. Plus they burn so many calories starting in exactly. training camp and the whole season. Right. And that's the thing. The guys who need to maintain their weight, let's say someone's 320 and they can't go above or beyond that or below that. Those guys are eating so much just to keep their calorie intake the same as what they're leaving on the field. So it's it's really, you know, it's food, but it's, there's science behind it. And that's why culinary has been so advanced in the last few years. It's really like rising because people are realizing what you can put into your body and what results you can get from that. Um you know, I read an article back in, in the six, 50s and 60s. NFL guys were smoking cigarettes in the locker room. They oh, were just, boy. you know, eating whatever they wanted, drinking beers yeah. at halftime. So it's like, yeah. imagine oh. if those guys had what we had today. They'd be machines back then. Sure. Oh, yeah. The stories you hear about Babe Ruth. Uh, oh, you know, I, know. I mean, eating hot dogs between yeah. innings. And you're right, drinking beer. And, you yeah. know, players like Mickey Mantle were hung over when they played. And, uh, you know, I know. It's unbelievable well, what they did. Even going back to the early 90s and 80s, you know, you hear the story of when Ron Artest was on the Bulls, he was drinking Hennessy at, at halftime, he said, in the locker room. <laughs> so well, there's there's like, nothing oh. wrong with that. Yeah, no, it's a little bit, you know, gets you to jump a little higher, I guess. Uh, remembering <laughs> yeah. Ron Artest, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Now, oh, now hey, when you, it actually you, reminds me, Howard, you had a little – I saw your little cameo uh, on the, the last dance. That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, there were a yes. few of them where I popped up in there because yeah, I, you were on there four or five times yeah. if, I, if I can recall. Yeah, because I lived it. We were uh, we were never more than I think ten or fifteen feet away from Michael Jordan every time he yeah. walked off the basketball court. So uh, yeah, what would yeah. you think of the whole series? I thought the director did a great job, didn't you? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. The way they put it together it was was awesome. The soundtrack, even going like all the way down to that, the soundtrack gave me goosebumps every ter- time I heard the music. Um, just everything. And, you know, me being, I'm only 29, so I, I remember Jordan, but I don't remember as vividly, you know, as my dad. And my dad, we watched it together, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, like I remember that. And, you know, like, mm. and uh, for me, it's just like, I remember MJ, MJ, and going to see him play in 98 and all this stuff. But, like, you don't, I don't remember all the behind the scenes stories. So that was really cool for me. Yeah, cool. Do you remember 29, Steve? Uh, 29. When you were 29? <laughs> oh, you were, oh, my goodness. I, you thought I, I thought meant 1929. Ta- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'll never forget it. That was the year of the crash. That was, yeah, that was an awful, awful period of time. Um, boy, yeah. do I remember when I was 29? Uh, sure I do. Um, and I remember all the bad habits that I had. <laughs> when I, were you, were you when smoking I was, a lot of cigarettes back then? Uh, 
I was doing everything, Mike. <laughs> everything that was wrong. I was not. I was not a good. What did you call the uh, uh, the person who's just learning to cook, like a sous chef? You called him a sage. What was it, a sage or a? Oh, when you're trying to stage. When that? you want to stage. I was. Like, a, like what's the name of it again? Restaurant. Well, it's it's. Yeah, what is it again? Stage. I was. Stage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was a stage of life at that point. <laughs> I was learning. I, you were trying everything out. I was trying it all. It's a wonder never, I survived. I've never smoked, but uh, I tell you what, I've considered about everything during this pandemic. Oh, what, <laughs> hey, you know what? Your mind runs wild. Habit. Oh, my it's hard God. not to have a glass of red wine, you know, or it a is. beer when it's yeah. when it's Thursday. Yeah. Thursday at 2 p.m. you're outside and I'm like, oh, I guess I'll have a beer. <laughs> yeah, or Tuesday at 10 a.m. I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, or you're on the golf well, course. Mike, here's the thing about it. Do you think that uh, at some point when there is a, I mean, do you think it, restaurants generally will recover? Because there are a lot of sad stories about restaurants. Oh, uh, it's terrible. Some um, of the businesses going out of business. I, I what do you think, think it's 50-50. So I've heard stories of even like the most famous restaurants with famous chefs having to shut down. So it's not even about, I think that restaurants are always going to be different from now on. And it might, you know, we're still going to have inside dining, all that stuff. But what I mean by different is the sanitation is going to be way far superior. There's going to be, um, there's going to be, what's what I'm looking for. There's going to be more things set in stone. And I think you're going to see a lot more, um, like health, health sanitation workers coming in to check out restaurants and you're going to have hand sanitizer at the door. You're going to just see a lot more of that. Um, it's very unfortunate. A lot of these restaurants, I feel really bad. And because a lot of these guys, they're losing their entire lives in the last five mm-hmm. months. For me, I have no overhead as a private chef and I love it. So I've been okay. Like knock on wood, me and my wife have, have been staying afloat, but I have a lot of friends in the industry who are reaching out to me now being like, Hey, how can I be a private chef? And it's not something you can just do. Right. But they're only asking me yeah. is because they're they're failing and they got fired from the restaurant. The restaurant's shutting down. Um, so going back to what you asked, I don't think it's ever going to be the same. I think we'll still have in-house dining, but it's never going to be as popular as it has been in the past. That's mm-hmm. sad because that's one thing. I mean that that we all we all enjoy and we need the social aspect of it. You know, you look know. forward to going out to eat, and uh, you know, I hope we get back there and, and maybe to you know make it a positive uh, maybe. You know, restaurants, the ones who do survive and new ones will come along. Maybe the protocols uh, and the safety protocols will, will make it better than it was. Yeah, exactly. I, I could see that happening as well. Um, it's just tough because, you know, the restaurant industry and culinary has been booming with all the TV shows and all the food network. But so I don't necessarily think it's going to hurt the culinary industry. I think more people are going to want to start learning how to cook for themselves though, or having people like me come over and do a cooking demo or do a dinner party. So there's different areas in the industry that are going to succeed or be better, but then obviously there's parts that are going to fail. So it's just tough. Well, don't go uh, over Howard's house because Howard's going to make a run for the chef warehouse. And well, hey, have it sounds like I can make Howard a double cheeseburger and he's happy. Yeah, uh, I'm happy. Yeah. You know what? I, I appreciate Really good food, fine food. Yeah. I do, but I, I appreciate just food too. You know, me too. Just a just a sandwich. I'm not a I'm not a snob, but that doesn't mean that I can't tell or don't appreciate when something's really oh, really well done. Um, you can be my stage, Steve. Yeah, you can yeah. come over well, here and stage, or I can give you guys a lesson <laughs> and 
you guys don't tell your wives about it and then all of a sudden go home and cook dinner and you'll blow them away. We'll give you some brownie points. Yeah, that's true. Well, this is the best place to say things that we don't want our wives to hear about because they, <laughs> because they don't listen to this podcast. They, yeah. they hear enough of our crap in person, Mike. Oh, I know. My wife's getting sick of me. Well, it's funny because I cook dinner every night or lunch and then the one night I don't cook dinner, she's all, oh, where's dinner? I'm like, oh, I thought you are sick of me being home. But then as soon as I put food in front of your face, you're happy I'm home. I always now, somebody, be- if, if no, no, I was wondering if, if Howard or I or your wife or somebody else cooked a meal for you, would you let us know right away what we did wrong? Would you, would you do it in the middle of the meal or would you wait till it was all over? Or would you Let's never tell this. us what we did wrong? If it all right, if it tastes good, I'm not going to say a word because I love when people cook for me. People are scared to cook for me, but at the end of the day, I'm just you know a 20 year old, 29 year old guy who just wants to eat anything put in front of me. So I don't yeah. criticize, but but I will say this: if I'm at a nice restaurant and I pay $400 for a meal, yeah, I'm going to be very critical of it. But if you're home cooking for me and we're hanging out, let's say you're inviting me over and you're grilling you're grilling burgers or broths or beer broths. Yeah, I'm the happiest guy on the block, and I'm not going to say a word. Unless you serve me, you know, something that smelled like dog crap, then, yeah, I'm going to say something. <laughs> and I might joke yeah, around had, and say it. But. Something that's had – well, that would mean that Howard's feet have been in the salad. <laughs> we have to be like, Howard, put some that's socks right. on. Yeah. yeah, do they have feet gloves? Hey, uh, they're yeah. called socks. Exactly. Um, but, you know, well, when my wife makes me pasta even, I love it just because I'm not doing it yeah. and – something about being served by somebody else it's a great feeling yeah you know you you talked about uh throwing brats or uh burgers on the grill or steaks um people that cook out all the time what mistakes do they make if you're putting if you're gonna grill steaks that night uh all right take us us through it and do it doing it the right way so two things that instantly popped in my head what people do wrong when they grill steaks and this is going to change you, when you guys cook steaks for your families or for yourself, whatever you're doing, it, this is going to change your way of doing it as well. So my number one thing is I cannot stand, and this is the wrong way, when somebody says, hey, go pull the steaks out of the fridge. And you take a cold steak and you throw it right in the grill. That's a no-no. I always take my steaks out 30 to 45 minutes before I'm going to cook them. They're bringing the room temperature. Right. And that will ensure, you know, even coast-to-coast cooking. So the whole thing is, you know, let's say you want to serve a medium rare. The whole thing is like a pinkish red. If you throw a cold steak on there, only thing that's going to be pink is the real is the center. The whole thing is going to look like a pot roast on the outside. So you always want to cool, like bring your meat to room temperature, and I always salt it 20 minutes before I throw it on the grill as well. Huh. You always want to let it sit in salt for at least 20 minutes. Uh, just salt, or you put pepper? Just salt. So I don't actually pepper my steak. I mean, you can. That's I'm not telling you that's right or wrong. But I don't like when the peppercorns burn. This is just me like really being nitpicky because I've done so much. But what I'll do is I'll slice the steak and then crack fresh pepper over the top of it. So that way you still get that fresh pepper without having like little burnt pieces because the peppercorns will burn. Salt won't. Salt's fine. So you've taken it out of the refrigerator. You're bringing it to room temperature. Room temperature on your counter away from the dog. All right. Yeah, uh, ideally. (laughs) Then you, uh, you salt it and then you go to the grill. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, people, I think most people have a tendency to overcook whatever they cook. Is that right? Sure. That's 100% right because they're, they're unsure of how it should be. So it's easy to cook a piece of chicken breast, you know, for 40 minutes when it only needs 15, 20 minutes, you know, because 
it's more of the human the human factor of being afraid to serve raw meat, uh, which I run yeah. into a lot. But with the steaks, this is another you know this could be easier for some people. What I'll do, I cook them from start to finish on the grill. So I'll do one side hot, one side medium. I'll sear them off real hot, you know, two minutes per side, and then transfer it transfer it to the cold side of the grill. Shut the lid and let it kind of bake in there like an oven. If you're you know home cooking, you want restaurant quality steaks. What I would suggest to do is do the searing method, sear them off first, and then put them on a sheet tray and throw them in your oven for 10, 15 minutes. And they'll ensure they stay juicy too. Um, if you're not confident of cooking it on the grill the whole time, because you know some people might go high heat the entire time, and oh my steak's burning but still raw in the middle, you know. But the oven will ensure that you're cooking it through all the way and you're not burning it. So I suggest that to people too. So maybe like three minutes per side in the grill. Put in your oven 400 degrees for 10 minutes. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. You know, now, Mike, are you, the juices in. Are, are you one of those folks, a chef, who, who says and, and just appreciate the meat for what it is? Don't put any kind of topping on it. You know, like, a, a, you know, any kind of salt. Would you prefer yeah. no ketchup or anything like that on it? You ruin <laughs> the flavor of it. Well, all right. I'm going to say a couple, no, a couple of things. I'm going to say a couple of things yeah. here. Between yeah. between us, yeah, don't put ketchup on your steak. But if somebody wants yeah. to pay me a lot of money to come in their house and they want ketchup on their steak, <laughs> I'm not going to say no. But I am a purist to a certain extent where I'll say, you know, just salt yeah. on the steak. Just cook the steak with salt, but then, you know, add the pepper after. But then yeah. that's not saying when I do like, you know, let's say course five out of eight is a steak dish. So if that's the case. You know, I would take a piece of steak. It's, you're not going to get a whole steak on your plate because people will be very full. So what I'll do is, you know, take a couple slices of steak, put it on the plate. It'll have some kind of sauce with it, some kind of like pickled pepper or pickled garlic, um, you know, some flaky, cr- crunchy salt, maybe some fresh herbs. I keep it very minimal, but I also like to, you know, add those flavor boosters on top a little bit. So, What's your favorite cut for steaks on the grill? So I like a porterhouse. Um I like a New York strip. Uh, my wife is spoiled because she loves filet, and that seems to be the only steak she'll eat, so I always have to buy a filet for her. Um, but for me, you give me a, a, fan, a porterhouse or a ribeye, and I'm happy. Mm. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's my, yeah, that's yeah. some good eating right there. And the ribeye is going to have tons of flavor. People get scared because of all the fat on it, but fat equals flavor. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, Steve, what did uh-huh. you learn? Well, that I must have a lot of flavor because I'm pretty fat right now. <laughs> well, hey, keep on keep on telling and, yourself uh, that. If your wife thinks you're flavorful right now, go with it. <laughs> Somehow, I'm not buying that you're that you're fat I, right now. But no, but I I like the whole idea of uh, of, of telling folks to just let you do your job, stay out of the kitchen uh, yeah. as much as possible. Let the chef do his work. And yep. uh, because it is, it's almost like artwork. I, I appreciate the art as much as I do the skill because Absolutely. Uh, the presentation, the presentation means a lot too. I'm sure that when you got those 12 courses that you're serving, they're all looking different as much as they are tasting different, right? Exactly. They all look different. And, and that's a compliment to me when, as soon as I put a plate down, somebody, you know, we live in the era where we have cell phones with great cameras. When someone pulls a camera out right away, I know mm-hmm. in my head, all right, they love the way this looks. And I get that a lot. So that's that's a silent compliment. Uh, Mike, not not that I don't listen. Uh, Steve might differ with that. But uh, I want to go back 
uh, is I want to have you tell us where we can get, where people can get a hold of you. But um, uh, what kind of beef again for the Italian beef? Because I'm going to try that crockpot recipe. So you sure, said so put it the... in some water and some salsa. But what kind of meat? So if you want to go like a Mexican, like beef wise, do the salsa. But if you want to do like a shredded Italian beef, I go chuck roast. If you want to do a sliced one, sirloin. But for me, it's easy just to get a, uh, you know, three, three or four pound chuck roast, throw it in the crock pot with some beef stock, um, a little bit of water, you know, some oregano, some garlic, uh, salt, pepper, and just put the lid on, mm. put it on medium, let it cook for five hours till you could shred it and then serve it with some uh, sweet, uh, sweet bell peppers and uh, some Italian rolls on the side. And you got a shredded Italian beef. I'm going to try that and I'm going to report back mm. to you. Yeah. And, and you know what? You could also you have the glory of being able to text me or send me a message on Instagram. I can walk you through it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And that goes for everybody listening too. If you guys ever want to, you know, contact me through Instagram, my handle is at uh, M K U B I E S A. I answer culinary questions daily, if not hourly. And I'm not just saying that I get people all over asking me stuff. This is going to be like those doctors work now. Would, Would you, would you be able to, uh, see what I did wrong if I like sent you a picture of the dish. <laughs> yeah. Can can you get a I clue could, about what went wrong? Yeah, aesthetic wise, yeah, I could be like, oh hey, yeah. your, your heat was too high, like you know that side looks a little extra charred, or yeah, I, to a certain extent, yeah. I, I'm pretty good at that. So it, I'm like the I'm like the butterball hotline. You guys ever heard about that? <laughs> sure. The turkey hotline. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. like the Instagram hotline. People, random people I don't even know will be like. Hey, like, how do I clean these green beans or how do I pick a beet from the ground? Just like random questions or, you know, well, what's, you know, what's the difference between Himalayan pink salt and, you know, kosher salt? I, you know, I, I've seen them all and I, it keeps my brain sharp too, because I have to think about some I of these love questions. That. That's a great source, man. I mean, you're a better source than trying to Google something or trust exactly. the yeah. word, or trust the word of somebody you don't know anything about. Exactly. That's great to a great uh, person to have at your well because you go on google and you and you type in you know blueberry muffins first you're going to get 87 yeah. recipes who knows what this person's doing if they know what they're doing then you're going to get a whole biography about how this person was walking down the street they fell in love with the blueberry bush and they came up with muffins <laughs> you know you get these stories and i'm like what is this person talking about i just want the recipe yeah well uh, i was wondering why you never wrote me back when i sent you that <laughs> Your Instagram, your Instagram stories are excellent because that's where you really you. take people through recipes and and kind of show step by step. So uh, I think you, you do a great job with that. Yeah. Thanks, and, and I'm, so I'm you oh, and that's available, and you want everybody to be aware of that, right? So we can reach yeah. you on Instagram. So that's my Instagram. Uh, so again, it's at it's at Mike or at M Kubisa. So at M K U B I E S A. And um, I haven't done the stories in the last you know two weeks because with a newborn baby, but I'm starting to get back sure. into it. And that's when I get a lot of you know I I get up to a thousand people plus watching my mm. stories. You know, um, and then people really love the time now because I'm going out to the garden, I'm picking fresh stuff, and I'm doing new recipes with your, your traditional ingredients. And people think, oh, I never thought about that, but I have basil in the garden. I have tomatoes. So I love inspiring people, and that's kind of what I do the stories for. It's inspiration for others. Hey, this is the second time we've had you on this podcast, and um, I don't think I did the first time, but I said your name wrong this time. Uh, I mean, it's it's Kubisa. I pronounce it it's Kubisa, but and for all different ways. It's But so. it's not. But I said Kubiesa. Is that what you said? Yeah. You didn't All right, well, that? Mike, 
No, I, Mike, I wasn't even paying attention, but yeah, Kubisa. Can I tell you something, Mike? Do you know how many yeah. times I've been called? How many times I've been called Bakersfield? <laughs> I, had, I had I had I went through almost all every career year in school correcting teachers. Bakersfield? Oh, sure, no, yeah. it's Bas- Baskerville. It's Baskerville. Isn't that the I name of thought, a restaurant almost, that serves pies? <laughs> yes, I, yes. I almost, I almost thought of changing my name to Bakersfield. I got called that so often. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure. So I, under, and, I understand. I'm Sudsbury. Sudsbury, yes. yeah, it's yeah. funny. But people called me Suds anyway. Was a nickname. Yeah. Where else, well, Mike? Where else can they get a hold of you if people want to, you know, have a dinner party and get some people, you know, have some guests over from the neighborhood and uh, have sure. you come in and do it upright. So a lot of my stuff's word of mouth. You know, you can either type my name in uh, in Google and they'll pop up. It's Mike Kubisa, or my website is um, www.chef-mike.com. Um, a lot of my inquiries for dinner parties come through there. Uh, you kind of, you know, could read up about me a little bit on there. Uh, I got a couple pictures on there, some old food from years ago. I need to update it. But, um, yeah, the website or in- like Instagram, we live in a world today where Instagram is kind of – the email for millennials. Cause I get a lot of people sending me messages on Instagram and it turns into something else. So Instagram is a great tool. Um, it's good and bad. You know, you see all this garbage with social media nowadays, but for professionals like me, Instagram has helped me. So, well, Instagram's um, the good one. I think out of all of them. Exactly. TikTok's the one that's corrupting people right now. <laughs> yeah. And wow. Twitter can be awfully nasty, but, uh, Instagram is cool. Yeah, for My, sure. I love Instagram. This was fun. And, yeah, of course. Uh, it's the second time we've done it. I think we got to do it again, Steve. Yeah, I would think so. Made me successfully made me hungrier than I started, uh, Mike. Yeah, uh, and I'm not. Well, waiting, know. I'm not going upstairs and waiting for the crock pot. I'm just going to dive right <laughs> into whatever's up there. Yeah, well, the but, crock uh, pot. You have to I like. I like knowing the fact that uh, you are available and, and uh, willing to hear some of the questions that people have. So I may take you up on that. I'm not much of a Absolutely. cook. I've never, I, I'm there. It's rare that I would prepare anything, but if I had somebody who had my back like you, then it might encourage me to try cooking more. Let's just say that so, I have been known to get guys second dates with girls because I've taught them how to cook. Jeez, so, that's, that's magic. That's, that's cooking. Yep. So if you now, want hey, you bur- you buried the lead. You, you that's the <laughs> testimonial you use. Yeah, that's that right that's the, the one you use. Yeah, well, that's what I should do is open a culinary school for culinary school for single men looking for wives or yeah. girlfriends or whatever. Yeah, they're looking for. sure. Now yeah. you're on to it. Uh, you might yeah. want to uh, direct message us. You might have investors. You know what? That could be my that could be my show. That could be my cooking show. <laughs> it could. It could. It could be like um. It could be you know like a reality TV. Um, for yeah. me being the chef slash like trainer, and I'm training, you know, five bachelors how to cook <laughs> and whoever makes the best yeah. meal gets the date. Yeah. Hey, you because shouldn't have said sure it here. Now somebody's a lot of guys. A lot of guys. They meet uh, women in supermarkets, you know, that is true. Rosie and up and true. down the aisle. The yep. best part, the best place is by produce. You go by the zucchinis or by the, <laughs> by the melons. You're going to, yeah. yeah, I run into that too, but, but I keep my mouth shut because I'm happily married, <laughs> yes. but I have, I have seen how that works. So. All right, Mike. Hey, we thank you. I'll let you get back out in the garden and uh, start doing your prep 
for uh, the next meal. But uh, this was a lot of fun, and yeah, uh, of course, I think everybody learned very, about very, very yeah, well, much fun, Mike. Great. Well, hey, thanks for having me on, and hopefully next time we do this, we'll, we could see each other in person again. I could uh, bring some yes, more snacks. Yes, let's hope so. Oh, I hope so. So, yeah. All, All right. right. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it, and you guys have a, have a great day and the uh, rest of your week, and All we'll right. talk soon. Hey, take yes, care indeed. of you, and congratulations on your baby again. Right. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate right. it, guys. Have a good one. Bye, Bye. Mike. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, Steve, I'm going to make Italian beef. Uh, help yourself with that. I like you- Italian beef. But I'm such a, I'm not a, I, I won't cook it, but I'll certainly taste it. Uh, would you taste, know. would you taste mine? I don't know. That's really asking for a lot uh, for me to, <laughs> now yours would be a case where I'd have to actually witness you cooking it. Right. I usually don't want to see the person's, I'd, I'd want to see every step you went through before I'd start tasting it. No, you know what uh, though? I am yeah. really uh, pretty meticulous. I don't cook a lot, but I'm pretty meticulous yeah. around the kitchen on keeping things clean. Because I know when he was talking about that, you know, I don't mess around with eggs. After you do, you know, work with eggs, you got to wash your hands all the time. Chicken, raw yeah. chicken, you know, you don't want to leave that laying on the counter and have the juice all over. You know, sure. food you contamination. Don't contaminate anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you'd be okay with me. Well, if I witnessed it, if you I'd still have to see. If you witnessed it, you'd have it. to do everything. I'd have to see you cook it all on Facetime. You well, you know what? Yeah, you got to pay extra for that. <laughs> it's not dinner and a show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, why don't we go? Is it, it already? It's over. I say it's, already because I think we've been talking for about two and a half hours. Two and a half hours, just under. I could talk to Mike for two or three hours. I could have talked a lot longer. I love to watch yeah, cooking Mike, shows. Mike was, uh, yeah. And Mike I love enjoyable. to talk about it. Uh, one of my favorite shows is on Netflix. It's The Chef Show with John Favreau. I might have mentioned that before. It's really good. Yeah, my favorite, uh, and I told you that is that top chef but any of the shows that have competition i like a lot yeah they're all good it's all good life's all good well i'm all hungry right now and uh, all right i'm looking at the clock on the wall and it's inspiring me to uh, go up and ask my wife what she's cooking (laughs) not for me to cook (laughs) i still haven't uh Changed my point of view, but I don't know. Listening to Mike has made me has challenged me to maybe want to go in the kitchen and dabble a little bit. Well, I think if you're ever going to try it, now's the time because yeah. we have the time. So anyway, yeah. that's back to you. I'll see you next time. Uh, certainly will. And uh, watch your diet, Howard. Watch it. Oh, I'm watching it. See ya. <laughs> Listen, subscribe, and rate back to you on opishows.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Back to You is a presentation of Opi Productions. From Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville, I'm Sam Greenberg, the Back to You engineer. Executive producer is Tony Lasano with opishows.com, which is hippo spelt backwards. That's O P P I H shows.com. Back to You is distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Until next time, stick around. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. 
Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. We're excited to look at the Champions League final, the Europa League final, and sum up the transfer dealings that are going on around the country. It's the season finale of Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Hey, this is Tony Lasano with Nude Hippo, the podcast, and this week I have a special guest. Her name is... Amy Records Landucker. <laughs> not Records. <laughs> records is not your middle name. <laughs> and we'll talk about the season finale of... Transparent on Amazon Prime. And the next edition of Nude Hippo, the podcast. I am not nude, though. We don't know. <laughs> nude Hippo, the podcast. <laughs> Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. No, I like Lasano. Is this over? Yes. <laughs>